This is The OK Days, a podcast to change the way we talk about mental health. Conversations are about just that, how we can still find the more than okay. Listen in to hear your story within other shares. Hi, Alex. So wonderful to have you here with me today. Alex and I cross paths as yoga teachers in New York. She is a mindfulness and self-development coach who helps people get reconnected with their most honest and authentic selves. She recently launched The Mindful Method, her sole project that gives people a one-stop shop platform to begin to make mindfulness a lifestyle rather than just an exercise. Today, we are talking about The Mindful Method, what mindfulness even is, and how to turn passion into purpose. So, Alex, why don't you start us off? Tell us who you are and what your story is. Hi, Eden. Thank you so much for having me today. I am a huge fan of the OK Days. I <laughs> love the idea that you are creating space for people to get really connected, not only with themselves, but really connected with their mental health and understand mm. that it's an okay thing to talk about. So mm. thank, thank you, you for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have been moving my entire life. Movement has been kind of the mm. foundation of who I am as a person since I can remember. I grew up as a dancer, as an athlete, and growing up, it just, that was my release. I only mm. knew movement to be my source of mental health and how I can practice being really stable for myself and those around mm -hmm. me growing up. So um, yeah, I danced professionally as a kid and that moved into my adult life. I ended up taking dance professionally past high school and I moved from my little small town in Jersey to mm -hmm. Los Angeles, which if anybody knows what a big city that is and to move mm -hmm. there on mm -hmm. just me and my long hair chihuahua and our little studio apartment <laughs> trying mm -hmm. to be a professional dancer and literally live our best lives. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And it definitely took a toll on me mentally that I never could have anticipated. Mm -hmm. I found myself constantly trying to make myself something that maybe even I wasn't, but mm -hmm. I found myself constantly looking from audition to dish audition. How can I look like everyone else? Am I tall enough? Am I thin enough? Do I have the right clothing? Am I wearing makeup the right way? And that comparison game just really took a toll on my mental state. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a super type A type person. I like to have everything planned <laughs> out and everything go mm -hmm. perfect. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and that industry just does not give you space for that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, with, trying to constantly be somebody else, a whole slew of mental roadblocks came in. The mm -hmm. idea of worthiness was something that slipped from me really quickly. I started to create these body image issues of constantly needing to be smaller. And mm -hmm. um, there was always a different excuse as to why in my head I felt I couldn't book the next dance job. So naturally, I'm 19 years old. I find myself <laughs> in um, a doctor's office and I find out that day that I had given myself an irregular heartbeat through anxiety and mm -hmm. stress and that I had severe high blood pressure which to me was insane that in a year's wow. time of really trying to like work on myself and my dream, I had mm -hmm. also given myself such serious physical ailments. And if you know me, it's like, I'm a firm believer in the things that you're thinking start to manifest within your body physically. 
So that's yes. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was taking all of my anxiety and I was hurting my body with it, not only just my mm-hmm. brain. So um, my doctor was like, okay, I'll give you three months to figure out how to take care of this. And if you can't get it under control, we'll have to give you medication that we're not really going to be able to take you off of. Mm. So I decided to go home and panically Google the most holistic way to get rid of Mm -hmm. high blood pressure. And what I came to was less salt, which was true, and yoga. (laughs) Also great. Also great. So I (laughs) found myself in a yoga class and I can't say that I fell in love my very first practice. I can't say Mm -hmm. it was like the greatest thing that ever happened to me in that moment. But little did I know it was going to be the greatest thing to ever happen to me ever. Um, From that point forward, I went on and did my first 200-hour teacher training for hot style yoga. And then I did another 200-hour teacher training. Mm -hmm. And the intention behind both of those was actually not to teach. So I wasn't ever really looking Mm -hmm. to get into this industry. My intention Mm -hmm. was just to know why I felt better. Like, how did I go from being... That's cool. Yeah, like, how did I go from having severe high blood pressure and, like, wild anxiety to now, like, the actual quality of my life felt better. I was noticing mm-hmm. the little things. I was really grateful all the time, and no one told me to be. I I started to see the glass half <laughs> full, which I don't think I had seen for years at that point. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, so that brought me to wanting to learn more. Obviously, I wanted to teach right away. I wanted to be able to share forward the things I was discovering. And so I landed myself in a meditation class in the middle of Los Angeles. It's this really cute little boutique called The Den. And um, I fell in love way quicker with meditation than I did actually with yoga, which is crazy Mm -hmm. because meditation's harder. And if you know me, I'm somebody who's like, I run a mile a minute. I talk a mile a minute. I'm (laughs) constantly on to the next thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So finding that stillness and that space to just be quiet I never recognized how wildly important and effective that would be for my mental state and just for my overall relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. But hard too. Very, very hard. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's sometimes impossible. I mean, and I'm sure we'll Mm -hmm. talk about it, but like not every sit that you have in meditation is going to be this glorious, blissful. It's hard. (laughs) And I loved the challenge of it. The discipline of it reminded me of ballet. Like it reminded me of Mm -hmm. having to, be still and force yourself inward, even on the days you feel like you couldn't. So Mm -hmm. I then decided to take my meditation a little international. I um, Mm. went on a retreat to Bali. I learned even more about the benefits and about how meditation can really expand people's lives. And so in 20, the end of 2019, early 2020, Mm -hmm. I moved back to the East Coast to be by my family and my now fiance, where Mm -hmm. um, I worked for a yoga studio as Mm -hmm. a manager. And like most of the world, I got laid off during March of last year for the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So rather than taking that time to teach and to hop online the way a lot of my colleagues Mm -hmm. did and I was so proud of them for doing I just couldn't there was just something in me that was like wow I really really haven't stopped in years like my life has been a Mm -hmm. ball rolling of looking for careers and finding my path and finding the things I'm passionate about and activating on it for the first time ever it was it was out of my control all I could Mm -hmm. do is be still and in that stillness I really found an opportunity for 
me to step into the entrepreneur, the businesswoman, mm-hmm. the woman in general that I had wanted to be since I was a little girl. So nice. I found myself looking through podcasts all the time, trying to find different podcasts about mental health, meditation, mm-hmm. self-development, all these things. Mm. I found that my movement looked really different, that I was doing yoga, yes, but I was also looking for movement that really revitalized my body in a way that Mm -hmm. I hadn't tapped into in a while and I was looking for meditations that were outside of your normal meditations I was looking for different thought-provoking meditations and I thought to myself why doesn't this all exist on one platform why do I need 12 million subscriptions I would just like one where I know I'm going and I can practice mindfulness and I can create more of a lifestyle around it so it's Mm -hmm. easier and it's more applicable and it's more accessible Yeah. So then I was just sitting one day and I woke up and was like, well, I'm going to do it. This is going to be the business that I wake up and I do. And very much like my attitude and my energy, Mm -hmm. um, I started the mindful method. So yeah, the mindful method, it's an all-inclusive platform where you can move, meditate and motivate. So you can Mm. work on yourself physically, internally, externally, all the things. Yes. Oh my goodness. You know, what I love about your story too, Alex. Thank you for sharing that. I like hear your smile. Like I hear the joy and, you know, I really love um, that where you started and like how you got to where you are today. Like I could, as a listener, I am hearing that and I, and I really, really appreciate that. So Thank like you. we, yeah, um, you kind of answered my second question. So that's great. But I would love to share with you um, a definition I heard of mindfulness. And then I'd love to hear how you define it, because I think it can be a little scary, a little intimidating, what even what, what it even is, and you have these images of what it is of like a peaceful person sitting cross legged hands in lap eyes closed. But is it really that? So I I heard a definition of mindfulness as returning to oneself again and again. And I love that. I love the again and the again, the repetition. I love the returning to yourself. So I'd love to hear what mindfulness mindfulness is to you. Well, to start, Edith, I think that that definition is literally in the same vocabulary that I'm I'm talking. Mm -hmm. It's the same language. I couldn't agree with you more. And That idea of again and again, I think that we forget every time we come to ourselves, we show up as Mm -hmm. a different person. Like what happens from today to tomorrow, you will grow and you might discover something really thought provoking or Mm. something really tragic might happen to you or something really joyous might happen to you. And the next time you come back to yourself, you are completely different. And I think that we forget that. We think that Mm -hmm. change and mindfulness in general has to be this like overarching, really expansive thing where you can't just be a normal person in the world who has a normal (laughs) job who practices mindfulness. So to answer your question, for me, mindfulness is an awareness. And Mm -hmm. it's an awareness of everything from your Mm. thoughts and the patterns of your thoughts to your behaviors Mm -hmm. and your reactions. So when we practice mindfulness, we're not always practicing Like, okay, sit up tall, cross your legs, close your eyeballs, manage your life. Like, no, Mm -hmm. mindfulness is actually noticing your reaction. So when you get into a confrontation with somebody and you notice how you react, that's mindfulness. And you can really redirect yourself back to where you would like to be or where you would like to react from. Uh, Mindfulness Mm -hmm. is being able to acknowledge when you're speaking to yourself negatively or even positively Mm -hmm. and celebrate that moment or kindly and compassionately pivot 
redirect your thoughts Mm -hmm. to a place where you'd like to exist a little more often. I think that if Mm -hmm. we can expand our idea of mindfulness, we can expand the relationships in our lives and how we communicate with ourselves because naturally the quality of that communication will get better with others. Yeah, and I think you're, you beautifully said that. I think you're also continuing to make mindfulness more accessible. And that, that's what this is all about, getting more people to know what it is and like want what it is. And when you were sharing your definition, I also was thinking about the human experience. And it's actually something that's come up in my life right now, like the past few days is, it is like a lot being human. My goodness, like the emotions and the Listen, like, girl, the- I <laughs> tell people all the time, and my mentor told me this, and it never really sat until you actually go through it. But, like, there's yeah. a ton of suffering in the human experience. No one yeah. wants to talk yeah. about it. Like, we all want to uh-huh. act like, yeah, well, you know, we find love, we make money, we have houses, mm-hmm. we do things. Absolutely not. The human experience is filled with tons of suffering. Yeah. And it's our uh-huh. responsibility in each and every lifetime to experience the suffering so that we are forced to come back to ourselves with different yeah. perspectives, different le- lessons, and different ideas of growth. So mm-hmm. whenever you are experiencing that suffering, like, yes, feel your feelings and like have a moment right. with yourself, but also recognize that that difficulty or that challenge is actually there for you to learn something in this lifetime Mm. and no matter what school of thought you really come from we all can agree that life is really difficult and it difficult Mm -hmm. looks at like difficult has a different shape and a different outfit on each person but Mm -hmm. I also think that there's a beauty in that the idea that we Mm. are all experiencing difficulties which means we're not alone so even in your most alone moments Mm -hmm. even in your deepest darkest thoughts to recognize that there have been people before us that completely have had those same thoughts I mean there's people around us too when we can get clear on that it becomes Mm -hmm. a lot more acceptable becomes a lot easier to just be I think that when we we look at the communities around ourselves we don't really want to talk about the things that are hard And I think if we could open that conversation up, we would actually invite a lot more positivity, a lot more joy, a lot more gratitude Mm. in each and every moment, making each piece of that suffering just a little bit easier. Yeah. And, you know, you said it yourself really well um, with mindfulness as awareness as like how you're speaking about it. Hard stuff comes up and we're becoming aware of that. And that's hard. And it's hard to sit with the difficult. It's hard to become aware of the hard. So I'm wondering, like, what would you say to someone who who doesn't want to experience mindfulness because of that or is nervous because that's a challenge? What would you say to them? Yeah, I, the first thing I would say is congratulations that you're even considering <laughs> it. Like, congrats, because yes. that is a perspective shift that some people really don't ever get the opportunity in this mm. lifetime to come mm-hmm. to right? Like the fact that you know that you're experiencing something difficult, or if you've noticed patterns within your thoughts, or if you've noticed reactions that don't sit well with you, if you can take a step back and be like, wow, okay, I'm now seeing where mindfulness or where this awareness could be something beneficial. Like that's a huge step in Mm. the direction back to yourself. So A, congratulations. And Mm -hmm. B, be really compassionate and gentle with yourself in this time. Because what you have to understand is that in this place, you're not alone. 
So mm-hmm. what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, I mean, that was a huge part of my yoga experiences. When yeah. I went to my yoga teacher training and I wanted to learn more about why I, w- I was feeling so much better, I also got to learn about these stories about how people have been feeling this way for generations. This is yeah. history. This is the human mm-hmm. experience just embedded in each of us. So mm-hmm. it helps you recognize that what you're feeling right now, you're truly not alone in. So be compassionate with yourself, feel the feeling, because the only way that you'll be able to move forward is if you can process what you're experiencing right now. And life has this really fun way of allowing you to refeel the feeling until you accept it, until you surrender to it, until you let into it. So it becomes a part of you. It's that piece of embodiment that we're sometimes really afraid to step into. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first thing. And as always, because it's my favorite feeling in the entire world, especially if you know me, is come back to that sense of gratitude. Come back mm. to what you do have in this moment so that that feeling or that space of scarcity or that feeling of lack doesn't feel so heavy. Um, I know I've shared this yeah. with you before, but mm-hmm. my favorite definition of gratitude is gratitude is having in the midst of not having. So yeah. this idea yeah. that even when you feel like you're not, hundred percent or you don't have everything that you once aspired to have or it's not the way you had envisioned or the way you had pictured it you have so much here for you I mean mm-hmm. something that I have gotten really clear about with myself is this idea of like where I am in my life right now is everything I had once manifested and it's something we forget all the time like look around you you asked for this at one point and it's here yeah. so be mm. grateful for that so even if you're experiencing that hard difficult feeling that difficult sensation within yourself a, congratulations, you've acknowledged it. You're on, mm-hmm. your, you're on the road back home to yourself. Yeah. B, be compassionate, be gentle, feel the feeling. You're not alone. And C, mm-hmm. what do you have in this moment, even though you have this sensation, this feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Can you say that gratitude definition one more time? It's oh my God, so yes, because it's my favorite thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> gratitude is having in the midst of not having. Mm. Yeah, it's different, you know, lands on the heart real good. It really, really does. And, you know, we've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but I'd love to dive a little deeper too. Um, Do you see a connection between mindfulness and mental health? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's where like, you know, when we look at mindfulness and if you really want to believe that mindfulness is when you sit and get still with yourself and close your eyeballs and cross your legs, and that's Mm -hmm. the only way you can practice mindfulness, then you're you're really denying yourself of your mental health. Like you're denying yourself of the opportunity to step deeper into a positive relationship with your mental health. Mm -hmm. So when we look at mindfulness as a lifestyle, that means that we're also prioritizing our mental health as a part of our lifestyle. So it's the same way if you were to say like, okay, so to be healthy, you have to go to the gym and you have to eat a nourishing meal every day. Mm. So like, why wouldn't your mental health be of such priority so the same way you go to the gym you check in with yourself so if mindfulness is an awareness then the way we have to look at our relationship with our mental health is having an awareness around how we talk to ourselves having an awareness about how when we talk to ourselves it's a reflection of how we are receiving others and how we're talking to others Mm. so mindfulness truly is a pillar 
it's a pillar in this idea of mental health. We can look at mental health as a bunch of different avenues of coming home to ourselves. And mm-hmm. mindfulness is just the vessel. It's the catalyst of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, thinking of mindfulness as a lifestyle rather than just an exercise, I took a yoga class the other day and the teacher said this like profound thing that that really stuck with me. And I'm probably not going to say it as eloquently, but pretty much she was just talking um, about how, how much we use our imagination for like bad for like, we're like speaking Mm -hmm. poorly to ourselves or we're like feeling down and like, what if we used our imagination for good? And she had us visualize in a forward fold, us wearing like a crown made out of heavy, wet sand. It was so specific and kind of random, but it really worked for that kind of intention of releasing. And yeah, that's like kind of what I thought of when you were, when you were speaking is like using visualization to help us rather than hurt. Absolutely. I mean, that is profound though. Like yay to mm-hmm. that yoga teacher. She gets snapped from yeah. big time. And mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely, I, I not only align with everything you're saying, Eden, but I also, I, you have to take space to also understand too, that when you decide that you're going to speak to yourself differently, you're also deciding that you're going to prioritize the deepest, darkest desires of like your actual being first. We have gotten into a place in society where we really build ourselves off of expectation. I mean, Mm -hmm. if I even go back a few years, right? Like you look at the age you're at and you're like, okay, I'm going to finish school or I'm going to finish this thing by this Mm -hmm. age. And then I'm going to find a person and we're going to fall in love. We're going to get married and then I'm going to buy a house. And then like all of these expectations and some of them are societal. Some of them are cultural some of them are just within ourselves. They're these little building blocks. Yeah. I'm not saying to not have goals, but what I am right. saying is that if we hold such a tight relationship to these expectations, we're actually not allowing ourselves to live. We're not allowing ourselves to experience. And that's where yeah. talking to your, the way you talk to yourself becomes so incredibly important is how do you plan on achieving things in your life and meeting your realistic expectations, the ones that you move moment by moment, if you yeah. don't have a good relationship with yourself in that process? Yeah, it's kind of like, I think there's an expression in psychology, but it's kind of like um, a treadmill. And you're like, just like, get off the treadmill, like, like, let's change our patterns. And let's, let's also like, realize that like, like we don't have to do certain things by certain points or we yeah. like doing certain things is not what's going to make us happy. It's like, we're finding happiness along the way. Like that's mindfulness. Like that is making it a lifestyle. And, and I love that that is like the theme of our conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Because the, <laughs> the thing is that is that if we can't hold that compassion with ourselves, like we are human beings at the end of the day, yeah. We are meant to make mistakes. We're meant to trip and fall and get back up and keep going. So if we expect ourselves to just like live our lives perfectly and not give ourselves this space to experience and to grow and to learn and to really discover who we are from the inside, then we're not going to ever live our life. We might live life for someone Mm -hmm. else. We We might live a life that's gorgeous to somebody else, but to us, doesn't feel aligned or doesn't feel authentic and then what's the point right like Mm -hmm. why would we continue to live our lives if it's not coming from a place of contentment or of authenticity Mm -hmm. yeah yes and that that's really turning passion into purpose too which which you do my friend Alex you turn passion into purpose (laughs) I do yeah I would love to circle back to the mindful method too tell us 
more? Like, how can we get involved? What can we expect? Yeah, so the Mindful Method is a two-layer platform. So layer one is a monthly subscription where mm. there is unlimited, like, hours and hours and hours worth of content <laughs> where you can move, you can meditate, and there's self-development podcasts that yes. are about mantras. So different mantras that you can tap into and why they matter. Um, we have something called mindful messages, which is taking quotes and theories from philosophers, celebrities, mm-hmm. literally anyone in history and debunking them and figuring out what Ooh. is, yeah, like not only what was this person's intention behind it, but how do we make yeah. it applicable in today's world? So it's a community of humans who want to come back to themselves in the most authentic way and to start yeah. really creating a lifestyle for themselves that brings them to their highest purpose. And I know that can be like really cliche to say it's something that happens in yoga no, all the time, that. right? Like we talk about <laughs> like being our highest selves and like, what does yeah. that mean? All that means is being able to honor exactly who you are and to do that with no guilt, shame, or doubt and just be vulnerable enough to show up there. So the community Mm. is gorgeous and I love it Mm. and we are growing every single moment. So if you want a community to surround you as you do that, you can sign up for the subscription. If you are Mm -hmm. interested in turning your passion into your purpose and passion can be really anything, whether that is having Mm -hmm a love life, having a significant other, or whether that's Mm. starting your own business in any capacity. Um, I help people get really clear on the things they're passionate about, the things they're good at, and start creating really tangible everyday tasks or even actions that Mm. get you closer to fulfilling it. Yes. Sign me up. I'm there. Life's about (laughs) fulfillment, Eden. You can live a very big life that is unfulfilled, and then what? So- Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to be able to use this platform and find Mm -hmm. a sense of fulfillment in themselves because we're all here with a purpose. So why not be our purpose rather than just dream Mm. of it? Yes. Ooh, beautifully said. You know, I really should record these podcasts with like a pen and a paper because like y'all say these amazing (laughs) things and I just want to write them down and put them on my wall to look at all day so thank you that's why you have this living breathing amazing podcast I can go back and listen to all the things like what did she say yes putting that in a notebook reading it every day joy yes yes so Alex I have one last question for you it's my last question that I've asked all my guests what inspires you to be even more than okay I not only in knowing I was going to be honest with you, I've been <laughs> asking myself this question like every day. Mm, like, mm-hmm. hmm, what's going to make me more than okay today? Like, what mm-hmm. is going to bring me back? And the I've had the same answer for a little bit. My family is what makes me more than mm. okay. Um, I've had a really strong gratitude practice forever. I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've really tapped into I have new hobbies that I'm loving. Mm. And that have really been making me light up. Like I've, I've started to like dabble into tarot and I'm into it. Ooh, but the one mm-hmm. thing that lights up my world these days are is my family. I mm. have a beautiful support system behind me, which I'm so grateful for. Because again, having mm-hmm. in the midst of not having, if I have them, I think I have the entire world. I have an incredible right. fiance. I have parents who mm. are just the most supportive, the most loving. I have siblings. I have best friends who literally are the backbone to everything I do. So the things that are keeping me more than okay are my family. And I encourage Mm -hmm. everyone to tap into the family that they have, blood or not, because that support Mm -hmm. is one like no other. Unconditional love is something you can't, you can't put Mm -hmm. a price on, you can't put a feeling on. So I am so, so, so grateful for all of them. 
Mm, thank and you my for dogs. sharing that. I can't yes. leave the dogs out. I can't. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Alex, actually, I have one more question, but it's still yes, off topic. Please. Because you're recently engaged. How did you meet I your know. fiance? Oh my goodness. <laughs> thank you for asking. I am recently engaged. Um, yes. So me and my fiance actually met through a very random mutual friend. So oh. I'm from Jersey and he's from Philadelphia. And uh-huh. we never knew each other. And when I moved okay. to LA as a professional dancer, one of my very, very good friends was in the Navy and he lived in San Diego and he got tired of me complaining that I didn't have friends. <laughs> like every week I would call him and complain and be like, I don't have any friends. And he was like, why don't you come visit? I have friends. And I was like, no, you don't. Like, I don't, I don't believe them. <laughs> and then I showed up. So my current fiance was my oh. best friend at the time's roommate. Oh my God. Yeah. So we got to be best friends and we hung out. And then one day we were like, all right, well, let's just do this. And now six years later, almost to the day we are engaged and we just booked our wedding venue. So congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And again, (laughs) I said this earlier, I hear your smile and I hope everyone else listening hears it too. Um, So thank you for sharing that with us today. No, thank you for having me. I'm really grateful and really excited for the growth and expansion that's going to happen to every human that gets to listen to this. Mm, Thank you. Thank you for listening to the OK Days. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and click to subscribe. Share with your friends so we can continue to find ways to talk about mental health. And for more, follow The OK Days or learn more at theokdays.com. Music by Keon Music. I'm your host, Eden, and I'll see you soon.